You're listening to Moms Out Loud. You're tired? Tell me how you're tired. <laughs> what am Maybe I we should fill right? people in. Look at this baby. Do a spit. Do a spit. I feel way from the offer. It's fine. It's fine. Hello. Welcome back. I am Rachel. And I'm Alexa. And we are going to talk preparing for labor. Yes. And this is well, this is exciting because it's like right before well, this is gonna air right before your birth labor. Yeah, roughly. Unless yeah. I give birth early. But yeah. It'll be in that window for sure. Yeah. That's crazy. Exciting. So we thought this would be the perfect episode while I'm off giving birth for you guys to listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> And yeah, and then some newborn episodes. I'm excited about newborn episodes. So Yeah, I don't think we've ever done that many newborn episodes. So that'll be fun and different. I was yeah. just going to say that I we don't really have anything to talk about for an intro because we recorded yesterday. So yeah, nothing's changed since yeah. then in my life. Oh, no, yeah. nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was going to. I got mail, but that's not interesting enough to talk about. So anyways, no. <laughs> I was going to be like, I got this cool package. Um, cool. Well, then let's just jump in. Yeah. You want to? Let's. Cool. So yeah, so let's talk about preparing for labor, just like a general sense of what we did for labor. And Rachel's a little closer to labor than I am. So at this point in time, believe it or not. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. So let's have Rachel kind of lead this part a little bit and I'll jump in if I have anything. Okay. So what I am doing right now, cause I'm in my third trimester, I am going to be 33 weeks in like two days. Well, you're going to listen to this in months. So that's not helpful. <laughs> But I guess if you guys know that we are pre-recording this, then it will make more sense because I'm going to talk about it as if I am currently 32 weeks because I am. Um, what I am doing currently, I just do a few things. I did this last time with Roland and I start drinking red raspberry leaf tea. I just brew like a huge mason jar of it with like three tea bags and then I do like fill up the huge mason jar with boiling water and I let it steep for like 20 minutes and then I keep it in the fridge and I'll drink it just cold or I'll drink it hot if I want a hot drink and I just kind of sip on that because that's like an old wives tale of ways to prepare your uterus for birth but there is actually science behind it that it does in fact strengthen your uterus muscles um, to help you have an easier faster birth. The easier, faster thing is the part that's a little bit of a wives' tale because some people drink it religiously and then their birth is seven days. You know what I mean? But I had Roland, like my active labor was only three hours. So don't know if it's the tea, but I drank it and he yeah. was fast. So <laughs> that's awesome. yeah. Um, another thing I do is I start eating a lot more dates. I eat dates as it is, Majol dates, because they're delicious. They're nature's candy. Um, but they say you're supposed to eat six, is it six or seven dates a day? Like of the few weeks leading up to your labor. And I do not do that because dates are really expensive and they're so sweet. I can barely eat two at a sitting. Hmm. So tea and dates. Those are yeah. some things I've been doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then something I didn't do last time, but I'm contemplating doing this time because people have always told me to do it, but I'm like, I already, I'm lazy, okay? I don't like to do a lot of stuff. So they say get rosehip oil and then do like perennial, perennial massages to yeah, start kind of, yeah, heard of that. stretching and loosening up your skin there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And a lot yeah, of people yeah. freaking swear by it. And I didn't do it last time and I did tear. But it's also, keep in mind, I had a hospital birth and they just like want you to never stop pushing and you just shoot your baby out. That is not good. If you don't want to tear, you shouldn't yeah. shoot your baby out. Okay. <laughs> Roland came out head and body. That is too fast. That is fast. But your active labor was quick too. So that could have just been how your body He was does just it. flying my- out. I think my sister-in-law is like that. Well, so if I could have had someone to coach me to take a break in between birthing his head and his body, I think I could have birthed him slow, more slow so that I wouldn't have tore. Because that's the best way to keep from tearing is to actually like birth your baby out very slow. Right. And like with the midwife or doctor kind of like slowly kind of gently stretching you around the baby. Um, yeah, but I don't think that is protocol in hospitals. So, (laughs) right, right. But I'm really excited to try that this time, like to have my midwife guide me and be like, okay, take a break here, breathe. And then let's try again and just kind of slowly ease this baby out. I mean, Hey, like it could just fly out again. I have no idea, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I might get rosehip oil. I probably won't just to be honest. But I wanted to mention it so that other people are aware of it and can look into it if they're interested in that. What else? I watch a ton of positive birth videos on YouTube or wherever. Oh, no. But why are you saying, oh, no? I I never watch birth videos. Well, you don't see the nakedness. It's not like... They scare me. Really? I don't like watching someone else <gasps> doing it i love it i like cry I don't i like cry and watch it but i love birth i like love birth yeah. so <clears throat> i like all my favorite youtubers a lot of them did home birth so i love watching like positive home birth videos because i feel like it just gets you into the vibe gets you excited for what you're planning to do i watch hospital births as well but specifically positive ones because you don't want to freak yourself out. Like, you have to do it anyways. So why freak yourself out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I watch a lot of those. I actually made Luke watch one the other day. It was the first one he's ever watched. But just because I wanted him to see how the husband was interacting with the wife while she was in labor. Because he didn't have any, like, prep last time. So I didn't even know, yeah. like, how to help. But I think, like, him, like, speaking affirmations to me will be really helpful. And being like, you're so strong. Like, you can do this. You look beautiful. You're amazing. You know, like God made your body to be able to do this. I think that will really help me. So I wanted him to kind of see that, how it was done, to have an idea of what he can do. Yeah. Birth affirmations are definitely something that uh, the birth center that I uh, went to, well, it was like a wellness center. They used to be a birth center and now they're a wellness center. Anyway. Um, so the wellness center, they encouraged you to write down birth affirmations and hang them around your room yep. and all that. I never hung them around my room, but I would, I would write them down and I would tell Lael about them and, 
and so I had certain ones that like meant something to me yeah so I I never did that but I want to I don't I don't think I'll put them around because when I'm like in the hard parts of labor I like to zone in on someone um that's really helpful for me to someone like be coaching me through so I'm not going to be reading pretty nice things but I'd like to have like a list written out so that other people have a reference in the moment of things to say to me because I think that will be really helpful and oh I wanted to mention Monique shout out to Monique she um does a birth playlist when she is in labor she listens to like a playlist and I think she even sent it to me so I have to see if I can get a hold of that but it might be cool to have something kind of playing in the background and she listens to lots of affirmations and things like that while she's in labor and I don't know if that that's necessarily good for me I think I'd do better with the person who's like looking at me speaking to me but um definitely wanted to mention that because you know you can make literally a playlist of other people vocalizing affirmations to play throughout your labor which might be cool for some people i love that and then the last thing i do is read positive birth stories as well so i like to watch them and visualize it and i like to read about them to just kind of see like people talk about the good parts the hard parts and what they did to like kind of cope and how magical it was and why it was all worth it I just feel like that's really inspiring so I just finished reading all the birth stories out of Ina May's book recently and that got me pretty pumped okay so I feel like (laughs) okay so I get really I don't know what it is about I'm sure it has something to do with my personality yeah. and who I am, but reading other people's stories and um, watching videos, even if they're positive, I really get weird about it. And it's not, I, I really don't know how to explain it, but when I'm in labor, I think in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing it right. What? Because I'm a very loud, screaming, I hate you, you did this to me person. <laughs> And, um, so, and I, and so watching people have like these peaceful, great, empowering births, I'm like, that's not me. And I get really self-conscious. I I don't know if it's self-conscious is the right word, but it really plays negatively to me in in a way, if that makes sense, because I'm like, I'm not going to do it that way. And I'm not doing it that way. And then in my head, I'm like, I'm not doing it right. And I always felt like that really affected me affected me differently than other women well no I actually I totally get what you're saying because so the the first time I when I had Roland I tried to do hypnobirthing and I found out that hypnobirthing is indeed not for me I if someone leaves me alone like in my brain to like deal with the waves or whatever um I die in there I'm dying in there and I need and I can't when I'm in active labor I cannot speak so I can't speak to say like, please help me, please talk to me, like please anything, you know. Right. And so I was just dying alone in my brain, <laughs> and it was yeah, and it was really horrible. And then towards the end, because like my midwife was late, Luke didn't know what he was doing. I started to um, scream like high pitched screams, which is like the worst yeah. thing you can do because it keeps baby in. You need to be making low guttural like prim. Pr- what is the word? Yeah. Primal noises. Primal. Primal. To mm-hmm. like help breathe baby down. And. Right. Nobody 
was saying, hey, like, do it like this, like, lower, like, change your voice, relax your face. People needed to be talking right. to me, and they didn't know yeah. that because I couldn't vocalize that I needed it. Right. So I remember, like, yeah, I had a natural birth, but when I watch birth videos sometimes, I'll be, especially, like, if you watch people who do hypnobirthing, I'll be like, I am bad at that. Like I did, I did it wrong. I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on a podcast previously, but recently I was speaking to my birth photographer cause she's a friend of mine. And I said, you know, you're at a lot of births. Am I doing myself a disservice by not taking any like baby or birthing courses like before giving birth? Because I didn't last time because like, what's the, like a lot of the times people say you take this course and then it all flies out the window when you're in the actual moment of it. Right. And that was kind of how it was for me. I just read and watched. I didn't go to an actual class. And I said, hey, like, am I, do- am I doing myself a disservice? Because last time I screamed. And when I watch these videos, nobody screams. And she's like, nobody's going to put them screaming in a video. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> first, first and foremost. And she said, I have been at the birth of even hypnobirthing coaches. And the- there's only one person ever who didn't lose their absolute mind during transition. So she says, don't feel bad, everybody else. She said, every single person yells except for that hypnobirthing coach because she was in her own like space and brain and that's how she coped. But she said even her who didn't like vocalize, when she went through transition, her eyes flew open and you could see her in her eyes what she was going through, you know? So she said like, don't get down on yourself that you vocalize because you don't think other people do because everyone vocalizes. But right. but this time I, I actually have like a like a famous doula of the area this time, which I'm so excited about because I have been able to vocalize to her now. I need you to speak to me. I need you to guide me. I need you to talk to me. I need you to tell me to change things, change my position, change yeah. my face, change my breathing, change my noises. And um she said it'll be that much better this time because my vocalization will be the helpful kind versus the the harmful kind. Right. So right. I do get that, that. because I, I watch these videos and I'm like, how are these people so chill? And the answer is they're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what I just try to remember is like, I don't, okay, number one, I did not want to watch a woman go through transition. It will be horrifying. Okay. It will scare me. Right. So I don't want to watch anything to scare me. So I watch these to pump me up and empower me and remind me that it's beautiful and that it's worth it. And then I'm also being realistic that I'm going to have to go through transition and go through that hard time where I need to vocalize. And that's okay. And I just need people to guide me through it. So I do get that. I really do. I get what you're saying. Because I always would feel down on myself a little bit too. Because I'm like, why why do other people not scream? (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) And uh, I just thought it was so funny when I mentioned that to her, my friend. And she was just like, no, no, no. Everyone loses their mind. Everyone. And I was like, oh, okay. Good. Like, not good. But that makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad that we talked about this because, yeah, that's just something that's been on my mind for forever. And I'm like, it just does me no good to watch these videos. But I love your perspective on it, on like watching them to feel empowered and then knowing that it's not the whole story. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Okay, good. Yay. Yeah, I'm glad we talked about that, too, because I I think we do a disservice by making birth seem really scary to people. 
Birth is hard. Yeah. Birth is not meant to be like easy. Read the Bible. I'm sorry. It's a punishment. Right. Okay. So anybody who's like, oh, birthing can be painless and easy. I'm like, you are incorrect. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it can be like that probably with drugs, but it's not worth the complications to me. So I do it how I think I'm able to do it and I'm happy to do it that way. But <clears throat> maybe I should take that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not meant to be painless it's not meant to be a freaking party you know but I think that you should go into it with like a really open like excited empowered mind like I'm a woman I can do this and my body's made to do this it will be hard it will be a marathon it will not be easy but I can handle it you know yeah and that pumps me up yeah and I love that yeah well I love that and I think I'm very I'm a very vocal person I'm very like at home and when I'm in pain, I'm going to, like, let you know. Yeah. Um, And so, like, especially in birth, I'm not a very pleasant person to be around. But um, I do have that, like, we're going to be talking about our favorite pregnancy books. And I will share a book that really helped me empower myself. So, like, even in my brain, though, like, even though I was vocal and negative, in my brain, I was like, I know I can do this. Like, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Negative talk, you know. So, yeah, I mean, just in um, what we'll be talking about is kind of what I did to prepare for labor. I chose a birth plan. I read some books and I packed a hospital bag. And so we'll be talking about all those points. I think the only other thing that I did for preparing for labor that you didn't really mention, but I'm you kind of mentioned already, um, like you were drinking tea and all that. But just resting and staying hydrated was like my big thing it's like you need to be preparing for like this big event and make sure that you're not exhausting yourself and making sure that I'm not because I'm really bad about not staying hydrated so especially when I was coming up to labor I was making sure that I was doing that just simple yeah I love that so yeah so let's just jump into our birth plan choosing our birth plan because that's a big part of preparing for labor and making sure you're ready cool so what I did last time my home birth midwife she had me write one just in case and um so I did and then I did in fact get transferred but I honestly don't think I gave my birth plan to anybody at the hospital because I had my doula there to who knew my birth plan to advocate for me as well as Luke and myself to say like hey yes this no this and blah 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 I think we did you know what Now that I'm thinking of it, I think we did give it to the nurse in the labor and delivery room so she could reference it for the things that would happen postpartum. Um, Right. That way, you know, because I'd be a little busy. (laughs) And so would everybody else. Right. So I will do that again this time. But the way that I do it is I literally Google crunchy birth plan. And then I look around and I just kind of, you know, go through it and pick what works for me. And it gives me like ideas on things like, oh, I never thought that I wanted to do that. Or, oh, like, I definitely don't want to do that. And it gives you a place to reference and research things so that you can go into making your birth plan, like, better informed of things that you didn't even know would be done or or wouldn't be done. So right. I highly recommend Googling a birth plan, looking through, researching what things mean so you're well informed. That way you can be a better advocate as well yeah. as, like, have your husband and wh- whoever your birth team is be an advocate for you as well right 
having a hospital birth, like having that doula, because sometimes you won't get the doctor that knows your birth plan, which was me. So I gave my birth plan to everybody that I had seen during my, <laughs> during my um, office visits, during all my pre prenatal care, you know, and, um, and none of them, I didn't see anybody. <laughs> so it was really helpful for me to have a doula that knew my birth plan. It was a consistent person because my husband was just so frazzled that he was really no help with our first child. So just kind of keep that in mind, even if you feel like you have a husband that has everything together, because my husband is very much so, um, it was helpful to have someone very experienced and knowing these things. So yeah, definitely. Side note. I think whether you plan to have it at home or at the hospital, you should have one. I just think it doesn't hurt. That way you're really informed on what's going to go down either ways. And even if you don't need it, awesome. Wouldn't you rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it? So let's touch on a few things, just like things we feel like people should be aware of for the birth plan. So these were the things that we talked about before the episode that we just think that you should look up. We don't really want to go over them. Some of you may even know them because they're pretty basic things. But if you don't know about them, look into them. So the first thing being delayed cord clamping. The second thing, if you have a baby in the hospital, you can keep your placenta for later on, um, like placenta encapsulation, things like that. So, But you just have to be aware of that ahead of time or they will not keep keeping it. your placenta. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the third thing is episiotomy. So you just want to be uh, knowledgeable about who your doctor is and his practices and his opinions on episiotomies and research on that. Skin to skin with baby after baby's born and having, you know, like your plan for that. Birth positions during birth. Sometimes hospitals are like strict on laying on your back and all of that so you want to make sure that you have a doctor that knows you want to be able to birth in whatever position um pitocin after birth maybe we should touch on this a little bit yeah pitocin was something that i had on my birth plan not to have and i guess that that was you know they they thought oh well that's before labor i don't want pitocin to help my labor but after my labor was done and my placenta was delivered they still hooked me up to Pitocin without letting me know. And so I think that that's something that you guys need to be aware of and maybe put on your birth plan, make sure that people need to know if that's something that you don't want, because I felt that it was something unnecessary. It was this unnecessary hurt that I went through, especially since I was breastfeeding. And so your body naturally does these things and the hospital just assumes that, oh, well, you're going to do Pitocin because that's just what we do with everybody. And I was not appreciative of that. Yeah. And the same thing happened to me. I had fluids while I was in labor, but I had a natural birth. And then without my knowledge, they switched it over to Pitocin. They didn't ask me. They didn't let me know. They just did it because it's procedure um, or protocol or whatever. But it was on my birth plan that I did not want it. And if you are nursing, you like Alexis said, your body naturally responds to your baby you know, latching on to you and it causes your uterus to cramp to help you birth that placenta and for your uterus to go back to the correct size. You do not need an artificial thing doing that, especially if you have a natural birth because your body is not out of whack. You just did it how it's always been done. So they didn't have Pitocin in the Wild West, okay? They didn't need it. And uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't, 
I was annoyed that I didn't know that that was happening. And then it was really, (laughs) it was was so painful. My afterbirths for my first were so painful. And everyone says, oh, you barely feel them. Well, no. If they give you Pitocin, you will. You really will. And that was the only time I was like, y'all need to give me something because I'm dying. It was because of the dang Mm -hmm. Pitocin. So I'm annoyed about that. But yes, research that. And then the last thing we had on our list was... Eye ointment, ointment, bleh, <laughs> eye ointment, <laughs> and Hep B for our babies, because that's one of the first things. Oh, you know what? And we should kind of crunch in here. Is the first things that the the when you're in a hospital, the first things that they do with baby is they bathe them, then they put the eye ointment on, and then they do the Hep B shot. And so I think just researching on what you actually want to do with your baby, like I don't bathe my babies for weeks. Same. Um, and that's actually healthier for their skin. Yep. And that's easier for them to start breastfeeding too because the smell that they have on them is the same as your breast. So um, they're going to be able to smell like where their milk is coming from. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, baths, uh, bathing like right away, nope. Eye ointment, Hep B, that's something you definitely want to research if that's, like, necessary for your For you, child. if you want it delayed, or what, et cetera. So, yeah, definitely something to look into. So, and then, yeah. uh, lastly, we're going to go through your hospital bags, right? Packing your hospital bag. Hey, guys, Rachel here. So, at this point in recording, I had an issue with my audio, and I lost our last 15 minutes or so of this episode where we went over everything that was in our hospital bag. So rather than trying to emulate the conversation, just my half with Alexa's, we are going to wait and record a specific minimalist hospital bag episode for you guys. Something just kind of short, easy to listen to, have all that information for you in one place so that you can come back and reference it in the future when you need it. And we hope you guys enjoyed this episode so far. We hope you found some value and we will talk to you next week. Okay. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. You can contact us at momsoutloudpodcast at gmail.com with questions, topic ideas, and collaborations. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Out Loud. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.